1: What's up, guys? It's Mike and Mark here from LRMOnline.com, bringing you another episode of LRM TV podcast. This week, we're gonna go over some of our highlights from the shows that we've been watching this week of Gotham, Flash, Arrow, Legends, and um, also talk a little bit about the WWE, and then kind of bring up a uh, interesting topic about what Marvel and Fox should do with Wolverine now that Hugh Jackman. And, you know, the Logan movie trailers premiered and getting closer and closer to Hugh Jackman's last appearances uh, as Logan slash Wolverine. So um, we'll discuss all those things this episode and try to, you know, cover as much topics as possible and not waste all your time. Um, so starting off, we're going to, you know, talk about uh, Gotham this past week. Uh, this was uh, was this the fourth episode of the Jervis Tech storyline? Or third one. Uh, so let's see. Is...
0: I think this is four for the fourth in there. Yeah. Touch.
1: yeah. Okay. So we have the fourth storyline put in place. Um, not really focused on Jarvis that much, but more or less uh, Jim Gordon goes down the rabbit hole and basically um, gets drugged into on a massive trip and basically kind of exposing his fears and his mistakes in his past and trying to atone for his sins um what'd you think about this episode mark
0: i thought it was good um is was, i wasn't sure how it would be coming off of last week's episode with which i thought was one of the better episodes of gotham this season um but it was good it was it was interesting uh because one i mean you really got to see a lot more of jim gordon and what drives his fears really uh what motivates him and why he is the way he is so you know, obviously, I mean, he started off the episode just burning so many bridges, right? Right. So he, he's in the hospital with uh, Valerie Vale, and she pretty much figures him out and says, listen, I know you chose me because you wanted Lee um, to live, and you knew that, and we're done, and your trouble, just like they said. It's like, ooh, ouch, you know? And then he sees Lee in the hallway, and then... He's like, no, I wanted Vale to let, you know, just so there's another bridge that was burnt. And then obviously Mario uh, Falcone doesn't like him. And then he even later in the episode, you know, kind of burnt some bridges with um, not only Captain Barnes, but Harvey, who's always been 100 percent by his side. Yeah, I mean, and even Harvey was like, listen, either join the force or get out of our way with your rogue missions because you're dragging us down with you. And, you know, which was interesting because we really haven't seen Harvey really go against Jim. um, So, you know, he just, he pretty much, you know, kind of lost his support lines through most of the episode.
1: Yeah, it was, it's, this was really an interesting episode because it really exposed the character of Jim Gordon, which, you know, a lot of Batman storylines don't really go into, um, and and usually any of the storylines we get of Jim Gordon has to usually either deal with his older self or the um, the storylines with his daughter Barbara, you know, being Batgirl and you know the whole Oracle situation. So this to me was interesting because it kind of it, it it made you understand a little bit, or at least from my perspective, of why Gordon kind of accepts Batman when he comes along Mm -hmm. because he's doing the same exact things that Batman does you know he's going rogue he's going against you know he's he 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 at a point in time realizes that the law is not the is not going to be the the saving grace and that he has to take the law into his own hands he doesn't kill you know um, and he's going after these bad guys that gotham pd can't take down that they're not strong enough to take down but he finds that inner will too um and so it was really interesting to see like when he you know gets drugged and he you know goes into that subconscious dream that he gets exposed into and, and all his fears come to fruition and it's kind of you know the whole Batman origin story where you see you know Batman fall down or Bruce fall down the well and become scared of bats and then he embraces his fear is that that's kind of like I think that that's that moment that we saw right there is that Gordon has finally accepted his fears and has confronted him and now we're gonna see the the Jim Gordon that we're used to I, I would say um, yeah in the Batman storyline and so um, what do you think about Barbara, though, being kind of the the, the first person he sees in the subconscious, yeah. you know, dream well, and stuff? Well,
0: I thought it was awesome for a couple reasons. Because first of all, I mean, I really like her character. Mm-hmm. You know, the actress who portrays her does an awesome job. Um, but I think that kind of says a lot in itself. So obviously, you know, their dialogue back and forth was funny, which it has been all season. Especially, right. like, when she's in the nurse outfit <coughs> and then he changes her into the nun outfit. Yeah. But I also think it was interesting because even though he doesn't like to say so i think there's still a big part of him that has some sort of feelings for barbara oh yeah it's gotta be not you know and and the fact that like out of all people like she's the one who's leading him through all this like even though she's psychotic there's still this weird like voice of reason with her
1: yeah, I mean, it is like it seems like Barbara's the only one that really understands Jim Gordon. That yeah. she doesn't fault him for the things that he's done. Where uh, Lee and Vale kind of use that against him. Barbara mm-hmm. accepts it and, and, and her in 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 her defense. That's. Kind of what she is trying to get to gym, like across the gym, is like, look, I've accepted your sins. You need to accept my sins, and right, exactly. That's what I think she's trying to get across to. But it was just, it was so funny because, like, I think that the those two characters work so well in this show, and it seems like they're the ones that, out of the the three women in his lives, with you know Lee uh, and Vale, it's like those scenes that you see with those women don't compare to when you see you know jim and and barbara yeah. you know going back and forth at each other and stuff like that. and that to me shows that i think down the line those are the two that are going to be together um somehow right. some way or maybe not together you know for a long period of time but maybe i, I i'm i'm assuming and i'm i'm if if i'm wrong I'll, I'll be way off on this but that's gonna be you know his daughter's mother like Barbara Keane mm-hmm. will end up being Barbara Gordon's mother, and and I think that's what's going to, you know...
0: Well, it, what, his wife's name was Barbara, too, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So, but, you know, with this show, everything's a, you know... Sure, right. flip, you know, switch bait and stuff like that. They, they lead you down one path, and then they throw it as, you know, something right, else and stuff. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, but if... It would be so interesting to see that that whole relationship play out even further and stuff. Because oh, yeah. to me, the the Lee relationship ordeal just—I I, mean—I understand why they brought it back because it introduces Mar, uh, Mario Falcone and you know it's probably going to reintroduce the Falcone family and uh, taking Gotham back and so forth. Um, um, it was interesting to see how they're starting to play the Court of Owls card now, um, yeah, and stuff. So. Um, who do you, you think, think it is with the ring? I, I, like that uh, – was it Jim's dad or is it just somebody think, who
0: – Well, I thought it might have been someone in the family, but I really think it's his dad because let's see. His dad – a couple things. His dad was a lawyer, correct? No, right. I'm sorry. District attorney. Yeah, district attorney. He so mm-hmm. so he's a former DA. And I feel as if – you know the, the court obviously has prestigious individuals in it. I really feel like that might be his father and you see that his father it, it's it's this halo effect that he has of his father you know right. what i mean and so i feel that you know there's going to be a lot of changes for characters so he's going to come up if this is his dad he would have to rethink everything he ever knew about his dad you know
1: yeah and i mean that's a, that's a that, good point
0: and would that change how he would that change his mentality because we know he's kind of you know, Jim Gordon's kind of fire and brimstone. I mean, look at the way that he took care of uh, Theo Gallivan. Yeah. You know? Would that change if it's his dad? Will that kind of bring him back to reality a little bit more? Um, and then, so I feel like there's going to be a change in his character if that very much is his dad, just like you see with Captain Barnes really turning into the person, the type of cop that he hated. Right. You know, this aggressiveness and. So I think a lot of characters are going to be kind of changing in those ways, but I don't know. I I think it's his dad personally. Like I know, and that supposedly... does, and that makes
1: sense. I mean, you could see, you know, the ring. The only problem is, is that the the character had the, in this, had the ring on in right Jim. Unless that was like a gift from his dad or something like that. But it seemed like when Jim opened up that box, it was all his dad's personal belongings. So I think it's It's going to be kind of like. Um, my my theory on it, it's going to be similar to like the arrow storyline with Oliver's dad, how he was a part of the the inner circle uh, to take yeah. down, but then was taken out. So the the car accident and how he right. was you know killed was all set up from the Court of Owls, and that's going to be Gordon's uh like fuel to to stop the Court sure. of Owls or like to at least postpone their whatever they're trying to do to Gotham. Um, right. So yeah, I mean, it, either way, it could it, it makes a lot of sense, you know. Um, gives you a little, if, if it is his dad, it gives you, um, an an added storyline, you know, to you know, Jim's inner struggles and, you know, how he views his dad is going to be different, but it also, if it ends up being that his dad was a part of the court of owls, but then changes his mind. And that's what ultimately caused him to die. Then that could lead that fuel for Jim to take down the court of owls.
0: Yeah. What did you think of, um, the court of owls talking to, uh,
1: Cobblepot. That was weird. So, like, the whole Cobblepot storyline in the past two weeks has just taken <laughs> such a weird turn for me. Like, I didn't. Yeah. Like, I know this this story or this show is all about switch bait, and it's like they lead you in one direction, and then they throw you in another direction and stuff. But, um, so, you know, you have co- like Cobblepot is mayor now, and it seems like, you know, besides like there really hasn't they th- th- he won the election, but then that's it. Like, you haven't really seen him do anything else except. Um, go to these events and stuff like that, and so to me it wouldn't seem like you would have the Court of Owls even dealing at these events. But I understand like the the concept of this um, dinner was to honor the the legacies of the what the oldest families of Gotham's and so forth. So and that's basically what the Court of Owls is: is that they're the oldest families in Gotham and they've controlled the city for such a long time. But um, yeah, that was such like a weird. Always,
0: I feel like they're always trying to recruit some too. You yes, know? But yes. I, I think, I think that with, with Penguin though, you may see this as another way to get even more powerful. I don't know how, you know, well, if he's if he'll see it as a threat or a way to like
1: See, I think this is going to be his demise. I think this is you what really so? turns it cuz it seems like every season with Pot it's that he grows into a position and then gets shot down really quick. So like season 1, he started out as a nobody and then worked his way up to being that bar owner or manager for, you know, and then gets taken out of that position and then he right. works his way back up into you know being a mob boss and then gets taken down from that um you know so i think this is going to be like ultimately the court of owls will be his demise as mayor and that's going to start the the ever you know the, the cycle of him becoming even going further down becoming penguin but the the storyline that they that they went with with him and, and enigma has just I don't know like I did not see that coming one bit you know I knew that Cobblepot was was weird when it came to falling in love with people but I didn't think that he would fall in love with Nygma and and, it makes me look at like this like the whole Batman rogues gallery so differently now so well
0: I, I mean I obviously see what they're doing and it definitely took me back at first too but honestly what I think it is is the fact that you know how close he was to his mom right and then his mom was killed and he was crushed. Then he met his dad and he was super close to his dad and then his dad died. And now you have someone who is giving him this the same type of, I guess, emotional stability that his mom and his dad gave him. So, you know, what... So I, I guess... It's kind of filling that void in that sense.
1: I guess. I yeah.
0: You know what I mean? I I think that's that's kind of how I've taken it and maybe he's I don't know, confused or I, I don't know, but I definitely understand what you're saying, but the more I kind of thought about it was that like, you know, Nigma is, is filling that void that was left by his parents and he may not understand Indeed. all of that. Yeah, yeah, I know it's still kind of all, all I was thinking I about
1: this past <laughs> week, though, was, like, watching next season is that they'll somehow, some way figure it in. But uh, Penguin and Enigma go on a double date with Joker and Harley Quinn. No, a, yeah, <laughs> <And> right. <laughs> they'll, they'll work that in somehow, some way. That would That's just be funny. hilarious. So, But overall, I mean, um, you know, the it was interesting. It's another, like, kind of... The season's really gone mental, where it's really challenging you to to really think about these, you know, the characters and how right. they're they're working together and stuff. So I really, I'm I'm really enjoying the show this year. Um, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it's it, it's, a, it's a slow growth on me, and now I'm you know I'm I'm actually excited to see it, you know, on Monday night. So I'm I'm happy in the way it's going. Um, going in the opposite direction, though, the ones that i the the show that I'm I'm so disappointed mm-hmm. in, I, and I don't know. I haven't. I can't put my finger on it, but um, it's flash. Like this past week's oh, yeah. episode, just did not do it for me. Um, the the villain storyline was just complete garbage. Um, the I thought I was gonna like this new Harrison Wells act, but that didn't vibe with me at all. You know, it, it
0: just it hasn't. I mean, Harrison Wells thing like it was funny, and now it's like oh okay now what are you going to do with right and especially with a
1: harrison wells that can't like is not a super genius you know like yeah how are you you really expect us to watch harrison wells for the next what uh 14 weeks or 14 episodes um just sit there and just throw out ideas and let the the rest of the team fix it and stuff um the only saving grace of this episode was uh caitlin snow's um storyline and right you know we're finally getting that that killer frost um you know, storyline and everything. And so that to me, I think she's um because every year there's been that that main character death and I think this will be, you know, in the fight with Anarchy or something that we'll see and unfortunately I think this is gonna be um Caitlin's last season on the show is kind of what I'm predicting out of it. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I just did not find myself really entertained with this. The no. the whole hologram dinosaur thing that they could not figure out i mean it wasn't that difficult for me to to figure out it was a hologram i don't know about you but like when they that first time you see barry chasing after a dinosaur and then he loses him i'm sorry but it's the flash the flash doesn't lose anybody (laughs) right if he loses a dinosaur then i'm thinking okay it's a projection that's all it is um and for the 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 source of the villain of being a kid who was being picked on, and he decides to create a superhuman holographic you know image of a dinosaur and scare the shit out of people, it just didn't didn't make any sense at all. Um, yeah, I
0: feel like they were trying to work like backwards and make that more about um, Julian. Oh, Julian. Yeah. yeah it, which is fine, but yeah, it just I don't know. It, it, it I it was the first episode of Flash that I was honestly uninterested in. Right. Like, I found myself a couple times either doing something else or, like, I watched the Wonder Woman trailer twice during that <laughs> time. Like, I mean, it would ju- I just... It was... It's just becoming very routine. Like, okay, new new metahuman or new villain, and then it's just, like, the flavor of the week, and then, okay, next. New metahuman, new, and then yeah, next. It's, like, you know, and- it's just, like
1: my argument and i've written this over and over again on the reviews is that you don't have to have a metahuman every single episode you yeah. can you can just focus on the core team dealing with issues and struggling and so forth some of the best episodes of arrow didn't even have to deal with you know with the the actual villain you know it was about the team growing and stuff like that and that's what i think they need to focus on for right. they could have saved themselves 15 minutes of uh, of tv time of that whole dinosaur incident and focused it more on either Caitlin's storyline, Julian's storyline, you know, Barry dealing with Flashpoint or, you know, or the Harrison Wells storyline. I thought, I was like, why throw that in there? To me, that literally was like, okay, we have to have a a bad guy in this show. What do we have? We've used up almost every single villain the Flash has. Um, Right. You know, and so I think... And I don't know, maybe it's because it's, the show's been hyped up so much and it's been on, you know, the, the f- first season and a half were so, was such, you know, so good. But, and then, like, I, I listen to Kevin Smith and, you know, he's directing an episode of The Flash and he says that he's already seen the first six episodes and they're amazing. But I don't know, I disagree. I mean, Flashpoint was a real big disappointment yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just kind of been that way ever since. And, you know, when you're when you started out so hot it's you're getting into the same territory that arrow got in where it 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 was on fire the first two seasons and mm-hmm. then they try to get more complicated storylines and you know yep. characters you know were fighting with each other and so it just I, I don't know keep, do what works and just stick with it but uh this this show this i mean at least this episode for me just was my least favorite out of all the episodes yeah. to watch this week. Um yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, um the like the whole thing with Cisco is basically, you know, he so the flashpoint was that he was upset with Barry not going to save his brother and that lingered for two episodes and now Cisco's fine. Um, yeah, you know, it's yeah. like and then anarchy is supposed to be this big bad villain and i guess he's taking weeks off like you know this weekend right yeah like this it it doesn't make sense you know they could have used that 15 minutes instead of having um the the dinosaur kid hologram projection bs they could have had like 15 minutes devoted to not necessarily anarchy coming out and facing the flash but maybe showing a little bit of the plot or a little bit of mystery of what's actually, you know, taking place and everything, uh, what Anarchy's trying to do. Um, but no, this was, this was a big miss for me. And
0: Yeah, and I mean, even with, so, you know, Dr. Alchemy is supposed to be, like, the, the you know, the big bad guy. Right. And the teases for him also, like, they're not
1: I don't know what the great. heck they're I mean, going in. Like, there have been
0: a couple of them, but, like, if you compare that to Arrow, which I know we'll get into more in a little bit, but like, you know, Prometheus has subtly been there, but they've had a consistent villain and storyline right. to balance that out with Tobias Church. And with this, you have Doctor Alchemy. But then you had, um oh shoot, what was that? What was the other speed? Oh, the Rival, and then that—that that was, was garbage.
1: That when the Rival bad.
0: came back and then was gone again, and it's just like I. It's it's almost like they're forcing too much too fast. Yep. And I guess the only thing I fear with that is that when you don't extend some of these characters, like you're you're gonna run out of characters. Yeah, you know and that's I mean? been
1: my argument ever since the the first season was that they throw away these characters, they kill them off, and instead of putting them in, you know, Bellhaven or some, you know, and you know, Argus or somewhere, you know. Uh, you know or back in Star Labs remember that was the thing to do in Star Labs for the first year was yeah lock him away in the and let him die a, you know a slow painful death without you know food or anything or give him big belly burgers and stuff like that to eat but that's gone away it's like okay we have a metahuman let's kill him all right done or they find a way that like somehow some way that the metahuman kills himself or whatever it's, right so yeah it's I'm hoping that it writes, the, it goes in the right direction soon. But right now, we're, mm. we're four to five episodes into the season, and it's just kind of, it's taking a, it's losing momentum fast. Um, right. Oh, yeah. But yeah, kind of moving in that in that other direction, or like in the, what you were talking about was uh, uh, Tobias' Church uh, is Arrow. I think Arrow is picking back up where it left off. Not maybe season two-ish, but definitely season one. It, um, oh yeah. It has yeah. a lot of season one feel to me, where it was it was um good some episodes are great but it's not you know they're excellent yet like season two was um so i've
0: enjoyed every episode so far same That's here yeah. like i don't think there's really been a quote-unquote like filler episode like sometimes there have been. i mean i thought they've all been pretty fluid and and consistent and at least you know entertaining
1: right even the the, um, the, the, fir- it, the second episode where they try to reintroduce or the new team you know, yeah. it was a little slow for me, but I I appreciated that they're they're taking this time by having the team kind of learn its ways first before just jumping right in and being superheroes.
0: Right. And the what I also like, I was I mean, you know, I was extremely worried about this new team concept and I really didn't want it, but it has grown on me. But it's grown on me for a couple of reasons is that the balance of the team is much better now. Right. So, even so here's the thing yes, this is a young team and yes, he got them out there quickly, but there are also repercussions for that. Right. Oh, yeah. So Mr. Terrific's been, you know, he had a knife in <laughs> the back, that a,
1: knife <laughs> in his back. Yeah, a knife thrown in his
0: back. It crazy. You know, um, wild dog, you know, he is brash and impulsive and he got captured and tortured for it. And in that he also, uh, gave up Oliver's, um, you know, the, the fact that Oliver's the green arrow, you know, so because Oliver has chosen this team and he's sent them out fairly early with not a good deal of training you know the, you're you're seeing that there are there's consequences for that which makes sense it's it's realistic right you know so um where I didn't think that that was necessarily the way with the old team you know you had um Arsenal who obviously he had the Mirakuru but he you know which kind of helped with that but then obviously you had um you know it was like speedy and i know she was trained by malcolm but then obviously laurel black canary which yeah i think laurel was was the one that really unrealistic to me it seemed like
1: like everybody else had some form of training and then she gets thrown in and then that just kind of as a boxer because like you know diggle was ex-military yeah thea was trained by malcolm um Roy was a, a fighter already. He already was, you know, grew up in the street, so he already knew how to fight. But then the Mirakuru helps him out, um, and then like Sarah was trained by the League of Assassins and so right. forth. But to well, me, well, and I feel
0: like these these team members even have like their own roles. Oh yeah, right? like you Curtis I mean? is like, yeah
1: Curtis is the brains a while, right. out on the field or anything. You don't, you know, he gets his ass kicked, you know, every episode, which is a, oh yeah. it's hilarious. Which to me the the. I, I died laughing when that that scene where he gets uh, the knife thrown in his back. The reaction, like the this the way the guy uh, Echo uh, Callum acted when he got a knife thrown, yeah. him, it was just so funny. He's like he stops and he's like twitching and everything. I'm like, oh yeah. that's that's hilarious. But um, yeah, no, I definitely agree. And this episode really showed that because I really loved the, 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 Tobias Church. I, I thought that um, uh, that that character was perfect to introduce, um, you know, this new season and and kind of walk its way into this new season. So I was really happy about, you know, not jumping in and giving some big bad guy. Cause I know we're getting Prometheus, but I didn't want to see Prometheus right off the bat. And Chad Coleman, you know, is, is, you know, unbelievable actor who was on the walking dead and everything, but like he really fit the mold of Tobias church. Um, and so, it was kind. Of, it was sad to see him die. Like you know, spoiler alert, if you haven't yeah. seen the episode. But um, I, I was really bummed. That was one that I was kind of like hoping that he would just be locked up, and then we would see him later on. You know, maybe not this season, but in, ne- in next season or something like that, or used later on. So, um, but you know, to me, the 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 this the what made this episode. Great was the introduction of human target. I oh, love so that that was awesome to see, oh yeah, and kind of yeah. how they like introduced that character was the you know being friends of Diggle, but then he was also in the flashback too, so he already I knows Oliver head. and already and that that was just beautiful writing, beautiful concept um but the one issue I had with this episode, and you know we've discussed this a little bit already. Um, previous to the podcast, was the... I'm going to call him the Arkham Knight because um, that's yeah. what exactly he looked like. But it just didn't make... Like, that character did not make sense at all. Um, so Tobias Church recruits a new you know, uh, right-hand man and in one episode comes in, takes out what he thought was Oliver Queen and then... Goes and you know, and gets in the fight, but then gets shot, and then that's it, we don't see him anymore. Um, so yeah, I, I've already you know, kind of discussed this with you, but to tell me if I'm wrong, but did it seem like that this character was meant to have a bigger storyline and then just kind of got written off somehow, some way, kind of similar to how Suicide Squad, um, in season two was supposed to be meant for like bigger, uh, like a bigger storyline, and then all of a sudden the storyline kind of just got shuffled in you know with some arrow stuff
0: yeah and i mean i i think one the role that he put but two how inter well a couple things how intricate like the suit was right and how skilled of a fighter the individual was and then even like how the, the like uh muffled voice like it it seemed more than just some random person and I, I mean, maybe they're not dead. I don't know. I mean, they sure look dead, but I, I don't know. It seemed like there should have been something more. And I thought at right. first, like I said, I was like, is this supposed to be Hitman? Because I knew Hitman was supposed to be in there. But I was like, I don't I don't think it's Hitman. I just – that's the only thing that was kind of confusing to me.
1: Yeah, it, it really seemed like it was supposed to be – so in my eyes, I, I thought that um... – that Tobias was going to basically, uh, you know, brainwash Wild Dog um, and and basically, you know, convert him over to being like the yeah. Arkham Knight. That he was basically a double agent and that he was going to, you know, he was acting like, you know, to Oliver and the team that he got beat up and he was really sorry. But then he was going to be the Arkham Knight and it seemed like they were going to go in that direction. And then, I don't know, maybe something happened in the behind the scenes or the direction of the show or they didn't want to get rid of Wild Dog or maybe something, you know, DC Film Universe said, no, you can't do that. And so they had to get rid of it Um, because it just seems so weird that you would introduce a character like that and then all of a sudden just get rid of him and not not even address it like, hey, who the hell is this guy that's wearing a, a, a pretty badass armored suit running around shooting the mayor? I mean, you know. So
0: yeah, I, I don't, yeah. Like I said, I I personally thought it was gonna be um, detective uh, Mal- um, not Mal- Malone. Yeah, Detective oh, Malone, Fl- 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 Felicity's boyfriend, boyfriend or yeah. something like that. Since he joined the anti-crimes unit, and there's still probably a role for him somewhere. But yeah, I just I thought that that was gonna be something more with that. But I mean, you know, for me personally, that was the only the only downside to it. Like the flashbacks, I think are, like, are interesting. I'm. I'm once again kind of curious as to what's going to happen, and they usually end on some sort of cliffhanger, like you know the Bratva is talking about how it's all about brotherhood, right? But then clearly it's, it's it's not, you know, this' not. And then yeah, human target. So you know, previously in the season, the flashbacks obviously led towards something, but to have a flashback that connected directly to an individual in the same episode, I thought was really cool that they hadn't really done before you know um and you know i'm i'm interested once again obviously just to see prometheus step in uh and do this i thought it was really cool that you know he i mean he warned church he was like listen this is your second warning there's not going to be a third and right you know at the end church thinks he's you know he's like yeah we're we cool now and he throws that ninja star or whatever into his neck and says yeah we're cool or whatever i was like oh my gosh i'm so awesome
1: yeah, I'm really psyched about Prometheus and I think it's going to be a interesting uh battle slash like plot line of how which way they're going with this.
0: I thought they even cuz the part that usually I don't know, I'm not that into is the the Mayor Oliver part obviously. Mm-hmm. But I I actually thought that was interesting this episode too, so especially like I was like, oh, okay, Oliver's pretty smooth picking up um, Susan Williams' phone number, come to find out that it's was actually human, human target. Yeah, thing, that was pretty cool. Which is, which is awesome. But even like, you know, he's getting a little bit more of the politics side, like when he quote unquote kind of blackmailed the guy who wouldn't um, vote for the uh, rezoning and whatnot. Right. Um, and Yeah, I mean, even that was somewhat interesting to be. And yeah, there were kind of a lot of, Flips and turns like obviously we knew that Oliver wasn't dead, but then I was like, oh my gosh, maybe like Lance will take over because it'll give Oliver a chance to, you know, focus on being the Green Arrow. And then they threw another curve in, and you know where he came back, and he was like, no, you know that was for intel. So I apologize for that. So it just like starting to get all those kind of twists and turns within an episode again, which is what I what brought me to the show in the first place.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely uh, out of all the shows, uh, the one going in the right direction. Um, and the show that I'm having like fun watching, but I know you have your, your kind of uh issues with it right now. is Legends of Tomorrow? Um, to me, I think it's the it's it's definitely taken a new role and um in a new light where it's it's more lighthearted and it's more about just having fun in action and stuff like that, and it's less about you know, trying to save the universe or trying to save the timeline. Um, So uh, this past episode, we saw the team, you know, go to feudal Japan and face off with a Shogun warrior, um, which was to me hilarious because all the Star Wars references that they had in there, the Yoda, the Master Yoda, um, you know, uh, kind of jokes and going on to that. Was fun so to me, this is the show that may not be the best of the best, but it's definitely you know entertaining to me. Um, you, so you and I were talking about this beforehand. Kind of give your your issues, what you have with the show, because I think it's funny and I agree so, with you I, too.
0: It, I mean, it's it, here's the thing: is it's they're fairly petty, but they're more distracting. Okay, I mean,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, Legends of Tomorrow. I watch Legends of Tomorrow. Um, you know, I, I really like the, when they've done the justice society and bringing in citizens, you know, you know, I think that's, that's all really good and it's interesting and I like it. Um, I like Vixen, you know, it, it, they've done well with that. And, um, uh, heat waves character I think is better, you know, so there, there's a lot of good things, but for some reason, like I said, it may seem petty, but for the money that they spend on some of the effects, which are really good, you know, I mean, yeah. even like citizen steel like he looks like Colossus and you know some of the x-men movies but well the the earlier ones um, which obviously takes a, a good deal of money and uh even the, the like the t-rex and some of that stuff for the good money that they spend on the um, special effects some of their costumes just look so bad and I don't mean their costumes like you know, Vixen or, or Heatwave or, you know, um, Sarah Lance's, but like when Ray Palmer is being chased by the T-Rex, the T-Rex looked good for TV. Right. But that, that beard looked like something I could have gotten out of the party city. It literally looked like you get
1: something out of party city.
0: Like it wasn't even close to, to matching him. And then, when they were, I forget where they were, but they were dressed up like, almost like the Musketeers, like the Three Musketeers. Oh yeah, and Renaissance
1: like, Fr- uh, uh, yes. French Renaissance, yeah. Yeah, some
0: of the costumes just looked so b- bad to me compared to what they spend elsewhere. And then even when I, I don't know, once again, this just kind of threw me off. And you know, I, I get it. It's a, it's a comic adaptation TV show, but so. Ray Palmer's suit, right? He's right. in this huge texture. Like he, could, he, you, we've seen him before, where either is out of control or gets shot down, and he slams into things. I mean, it's a heavy suit, made man. Oh out of yeah, metal. yeah. And then the samurai guy is wearing it on top of a horse.
1: Oh, it's beautiful. Like, like to me, that, that was hilarious. Like, that would
0: crush the horse. Yeah. Right? Oh I yeah. Mean, I, mean, I mean, that, that
1: so... <laughs> suit is literally got to be you know three hundred pounds and stuff like that.
0: Even the way that he walks in it. Like, oh yeah. You can tell that it's heavy. And then all of a sudden, it, and i don't know it, it's also ironic that he and the samurai are the same side like i said you know these are very petty things but you know they're little things that it's not like it's not going to make me watch the show or anything right. like that but it's still little things that i'm like that i don't know catch my attention and just so yeah me, this guess. show
1: definitely shows like that they have to stretch their budget oh, as yeah. much as possible so like when flash does it um you know, like the episodes with King Shark and Gorilla Grodd, if you notice it, there's not a lot of different um, scenery, like background scenes and so forth, that they use kind of the same scenes over and over again so that, um, you know, making the, the sets, it, that's one of the areas where they can save money in um, and stuff. But it seems like in this show that there's so many different sets and there's so much CGI that's got to be added into it. So they've got to basically cut it down somewhere and where they cut it down is, um, is basically... Uh, with um with costumes and stuff and you know and to me like it, it exposes it but it also makes it great to me because it's like it's something I can just laugh at because uh the the shogun outfits and everything like that you know and um and even, like you said the the French Renaissance outfits that were so horrible but to me it was like okay you just take it as is and just you know kind of laugh at it type deal um, and now this week so this show is all of about like correct history, I guess is what do you want to call yeah. it? Like now the, the, while we're taping this episode, they're the, it's uh, the new episodes airing right now, but they're going back into the civil war with zombies. And so it's like, okay, basically we're, we're getting rid of the, the, the timeline of saving the universe or that we're just going to have fun with it. We're going to go and visit all these different points in, in history and just make it its own. So, um, you know i'm excited to see you know the the zombie apocalypse during the civil war era and stuff so it'll (laughs) definitely be something uh interesting to to watch
0: we'll see how those costumes look oh yeah (laughs) always with the costumes um all
1: right so the last two stories uh wwe what the hell's going on with it Um, oh my gosh it, it it seems like Ever since WrestleMania, I want to say it's just been on a downward spiral. Um, Really, ever since Finn Balor won the championship and then had to give it up the next, literally the next night, um, that was it. It, It's to me, we just got off of a a hell, you know, uh, um, Summer's was it was SummerSlam, right? Uh, Uh, um, yeah. Oh wait. We had SummerSlam, then we had um, we, we, uh, Ch- Night of Champions, and then uh, we just had Hell in a Cell, the triple, you know, main event Hell in a Cell matches, and those all three basically disappointed. Um, and you know, you and I were talking about this. Really, the highlight of this last pay per view, the Hell in the Cells, was Charlotte and Sasha Banks, which oh, yeah. has really women, been like again. women's carrying is really carrying WWE. Um, but that gets, uh, it, not saying there's nothing wrong with w- women's wrestling, but it does get old no, when you it, see the same storyline over and over again. Sure. Um, the, the Goldberg storyline is horrible. Um, like Brock Lesnar is not even coming out anymore to address Goldberg and the whole concept of Goldberg or Paul Heyman coming out and talking for 15 minutes, hyping up this next pay-per-view. Um, I, I to me, it's just, it, it's it's going nowhere like you can't well, save that match now it's I think what,
0: it's... no and it's what happens too when you don't listen to the fans so i don't think the McMahon's have ever been great about listening to the fans and right. just kind of like doing their own thing but, but you know from some of the videos and stuff that i've watched like people have great ideas for storylines like they've mentioned stuff and i'm like wow you know what that's actually pretty good yeah i'm like you know i i wouldn't mind actually watching that you know what i mean but for, yeah, I I don't know. It's just it's
1: it's just and not. It happened. Good. And you know what? It happened last time when they split the team up, the rosters up with the with Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. It sounded like a great idea, you know, to have these two you know two separate shows with their own right. rosters. But when you don't have John Cena coming on Raw every week, and you don't have you know. um you know, like Jericho clashing with some of the other guys that he could be clashing with, it really limits your storylines. It really limits the character development. The factions yeah. don't grow. Mm-hmm. The, the the tag team partners don't grow, and so you get the staleness to me. That's what it feels like.
0: Well, and I think one of the bigger differences too is that when the last time the brands split, there were still very prominent superstars oh yeah and not that some of these individuals can't be superstars but a lot of them have come from nxt which is good but it, it's almost like you, there was no real happy medium like who are your happy medium people like kind of people in the middle you have your john like john cena right, right. um but there was a lull of it being so bad that you either have like the old guard who's Undertaker, Triple H, Goldberg, Rock, like, those guys. And then it's, like, this huge gap where now you have, you know, the people who they're trying to make superstars. But it's just, you know, like, I- I'm sorry. I don't really find I- – I mean, they're okay. But, like, you know, Dean Ambrose and some of these guys, like, I really don't find their characters that entertaining. Right. I'm not turning feel on, like, like, Raw to watch these insane.
1: guys. like
0: Right. And I, f- I feel like all their I feel like the characters aren't very unique and maybe this is just a thing for me, but like growing up, you know, when I think about the wrestlers that I like too, you have, you know, you have ultimate warrior, you know, um, macho man. Uh, I mean, Andre, the giant, right. You have all these people, right. then you have like the rock stone cold and all these people, they have these like intense, like, you know, kind of these different names to them and this and that, you know, undertaker, triple H, and then, like now, you just have people with like regular names. As dumb as that makes no, sound, yeah, but, exactly. Like, but there's no like, character but, development. No, but who, who is it? So let's see. You have Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, like Seamus. I, I mean, they're they're like just the people's names, right? And it's not it's not a persona. It's it's a it's a name, right? You know what I mean? Um, so I I don't know. I it's it's like I said. It's just
1: kind of to me where fought. it's really yeah where it's really lacking is is in the uh presentation and in, in this um the acting of these guys you know they there's some of these you know some of these younger guys are great wrestlers but they're horrible behind the microphone you know like oh yeah i used to watch wwe in just to hear the rock give his 5 minute speech oh, you, you know hear stone cold talk you know that's those guys may not have been the most technical wrestlers but when they when you gave him a microphone, you listened to every single word they well, said. It was hilarious, I mean, or it was you know it was entertaining. I, like Triple H is great with that. I mean, you know, um, Shane McMahon is great great with that. That they can really capture an audience behind the microphone. None of these guys can. Roman Reigns well, is horrible at it. And Kevin Owens know, you, is horrible at it.
0: You think about it, and you know we've already talked about how there are no factions. Like right. the only time when I found it actually kind of entertaining was when. The, there was the shield it was a it was a little faction yeah. but they were kind of coming in and doing their i'm like okay like you know because they would get factions get in the way of everything like in a good way though you know what right. i mean you look at the nwo you look at um dx you look at i mean you know the four horsemen thing, like, like, yeah, yeah the four horsemen you know you have all these and it's just like you know that's that's pretty cool you know and it's just you don't have that so the stories are fairly routine right. and then they'll pop up randomly out of nowhere like you have freaking um you know like the randy orton and bray wyatt or whatever whatever his name like came up out of nowhere like nothing really big about, I, I don't know it's just it's like you said there's no real development and then on top of that like i know people really like the new day but the new day have had the tag team championships for 400 something days oh my god yes like it makes the it makes the belt like not Entertaining anymore, like yeah, okay, who cares? No, you know it, I mean the Enzo
1: and Cass need to to win the the belt because Enzo is hilarious. You know, he's the one guy that really captures the microphone and in and and uh, really like you know gravitates to the audience and stuff like that. New Day, I mean, their gimmick is to me it's old. You know, yeah. let him take I, I I say let him take about a month to two months off give him a, a break from from television so that, you know, people kind of forget about them and then bring them back. And, you know, it, that always seems to work. But, it, you know, it's, it's just
0: like you said, rather than developing a character or persona, they're trying to throw people into the limelight. Right. And it just why do why did people like Finn Balor so much? This alter, this other persona that he has, right? You know, yeah, it was similar to that, like
1: Kane, you know. It was yeah, demon, it's intriguing, you know? but
0: it only comes out like it is intriguing to see that it's different and like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. You just, you know, and it's just bad. Think about how, first of all, the heel turns and whatnot. All the like, they're pretty expected like there's nothing that's like oh my gosh i can't like it's kind of like okay yeah I saw that one coming you know right or else like you said the build-up isn't great either so uh sheamus and um oh my gosh what is his name the other guy who they had like the best of seven matches or whatever um oh my gosh uh just, um you know what i'm talking about though, yeah it's right? gonna take me a little bit but then anyway and then now all of a sudden they're like uh, tag team partners Yeah, um... I'm like, okay, you know, it just there's it doesn't seem like there's any like real kind of thinking behind any of it. And it's just kind of like, okay, I mean, here's the thing. Even when Triple H had the belt forever, I remember that. And I was like, gosh, get this guy lose the belt. But it was still interesting because, you know, you had The Rock, you had Stone Cold, who were awesome on the mic, who would come out and, you know, this and that. And then still, Triple H was a part of some sort of faction, you know. And it yeah, just it, and it it if, yeah. And you were watching Yeah, and you are watching every
1: single week to see if Triple H lost the belt. You were waiting for that week to happen, mm-hmm. um, because he was entertaining behind the mic. He annoyed the hell out of me, but at least he was entertaining behind the mic. Right. Yeah. You know. So, but yeah, it it seems like since WrestleMania, the storylines and it, it it deals with the roster. A lot of a lot of guys are hurt right now. They're in a kind of a bind. And so they're trying to just patch things up. But hopefully by the time things, you know, work itself around, um, you know, by the new year and stuff like that, we'll we'll be back on track. Because it it was, you know, I had gotten away from WWE for a while. But then in the past, say, year and a half, two years, I've kind of have gotten back into it and, you know, really been excited to watch it again. And now it's kind of in a lull. And I I just don't want it to to stay there too long because then it's going to lose all that momentum. It's been building up over this year. Um, and, you know, it's a lot of work that the McMahons have been putting in and, you know, triple H has been putting it with NXT and it would suck that it would all go away. Um, so
0: they need to, you know, and I, and, I'd be hard, and I know they've tried it before, but like it wasn't handled well, but even when they did the NXT takeover, like that was pretty interesting. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't think it was handled in the best way, but it was still interesting because once again, it was a faction people coming in trying to take over and, you know, it, I don't know. There was just some sort of interest to it. There's nothing that like brings me back when they first did the brand split. And then even when Finn Balor was kind of becoming larger, I was like, all right, I wouldn't mind checking this out And each Monday, you know, I kind of check it out. And now I, I honestly like don't even remember that it's on. Right. You know, because it's, it's kind of gotten to that point. Yeah.
1: It's basically night of the champions was, was a big, major disappointment. So I think everybody's kind of in agreement that, well, what only
0: one belt changed hands at night of champions. I yeah.
1: Think? And that's, that's not good.
0: The only, Yeah. The only thing that's good is the women's division, which is awesome personally. Yeah. But, oh no, I definitely um, agree
1: with that. Rather
0: than that. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not really, they okay. need to, they need to figure it
1: out. All right. So here's a theory I'm going to throw out of you or kind of a, a suggestion and, you know, viewer, you know, listeners, maybe throwing your, your two cents too in the comment section, but We've got Logan, the last Wolverine movie, um, coming out. Hugh Jackman, you know, is retiring as Wolverine. And the debate has been going on what to do with that character. Do you reintroduce him in the next X-Men movie, or do you wait some time? Um, A theory and kind of, not necessarily a rumor, but kind of slowly but surely, I've noticed is, you know, with... Fox having control of the X-Men rights, um, and they're really starting to expand in the TV realm. With the success that Marvel's had on Netflix, do you think it is better off that we the next time we see Wolverine is with his own TV show? Instead of being in the film world, we get a Wolverine maybe before he joins the X-Men, And before he gets the adamantium clause and kind of like an origin of Logan, what do you think about that?
0: You know, I think it would be cool if it was like almost like a mini series. So maybe not something that is a couple seasons long, Mm -hmm. but, but something that's, you know, kind of a, you know, like a shorter season or, you know, maybe like a 10 episode sort of thing. Uh Um, I think that would be cool to kind of bridge a little bit of time. The main thing that I don't want them to do, because Wolverine's such an awesome character, is I I think they do need to give it a little bit of time because Hugh Jackman has had the role for so long that I think if it picks right back up right after that, there's too many comparisons to Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. Right. Whereas, you know, you're always going to compare that with different characters. But, I mean, even if you look at, like, Batman, Batman there's been there, was, there were time gaps between each of the major major changes you know um, and I think that has worked well because even though there are comparisons there's that gap that's honestly what has worried me kind of with Spider-Man is because yeah there was Tobey Maguire then um, Andrew
1: Garfield
0: Andrew Garfield but then it's like boom then like okay quick let's reboot again so there was a reboot and then a second reboot for Spy- and it was it's almost like, like not enough time has passed to almost reboot, you know? Right. So – or even if you do with, like I said, like Wolverine, maybe a season or two or something, but with the intention of kind of bridging that gap and doing its own thing before you bring the character back into the um, –
1: big screen i mean i think what do you think think about like a a, like a netflix series then because like the netflix series has only been like two to three seasons you know only recently has there been discussions on like daredevil going you know three seasons for i mean the original concept of the marvel netflix series where everyone got one season then they do a defender season and then that was it Um, right so like a lot of the netflix shows uh besides like a few of them that were just dominate in the ratings only last two to three seasons so that might be uh an interesting topic since marvel has a relationship already with netflix i know fox owns the rights to it but what if on their own streaming service or something like that or they make a deal just kind of like sony did with spider-man and they re you know not necessarily a reboot but just go in a different direction and it doesn't have to be in the same Marvel universe. It doesn't have to be aligned with Daredevil and Luke Cage and Iron Fist. But what if you did uh, a two-season, three-season of Wolverine, you know, on Netflix? That would be interesting.
0: Yeah, you know, I think it would be... I think that would be good. I think because, I mean, you look how popular Daredevil, uh, Luke Cage, a lot of these other shows have been, um, Iron Fist. And, uh, you know, I think they've done well and especially taking a fairly more well-known or established character like wolverine mm-hmm. and kind of exploring some of those because that that's the main thing that most people don't know is okay what happened you know like either when he was younger or after the weapon x like what happened before yeah because like after those times, you don't even events.
1: have to follow the wolverine like x-men wolverine origins uh Movie, you could go right. completely different if you wanted to, because it's its own. I actually, hope you don't follow. Oh that yeah, d- d- please don't follow that script. <laughs> you know, just, but yeah, I mean, what if you, you know, because technically, you know, by the time Logan gets to the X Men, he's close to a hundred years old. If you want to get into like, you know, in, into the details of it, because his age is, you know, he he ages so slow. That even though it looks like he's in his you know thirties forties you know depending on what time you know period of the X Men you're talking about he's really about a hundred years old, sure um, and that's all to towards his you know his healing uh, powers so you have so much storyline with that and um, I was reading a report on how how much Wolverine is such an influence in the Marvel universe or at least in the X Men universe is that um, the comic sales of uh x-men you know the x-men sagas recently have gone down so much because they killed wolverine off and yep. the they reintroduce him as old man logan but it hasn't been the same um right. so that's you know in the comic world it's you know all the x-men titles have taken a big hit on on that that normally you would have saw uh, wolverine be a part of another thing too which is interesting is that the movies with Hugh Jackman in it as Wolverine depending on the time uh he spends as Wolverine the the more money uh the movie makes so if Mm -hmm. you notice X-Men Last Stand was focused so much even though it's not that great of a movie it it was so focused so much on Wolverine that it made a ton of money X-Men Apocalypse uh did not have but only like what five minutes of wolverine yeah the weapon actually in there and it's considered one like just you know lukewarm and it didn't really do that well in the box office uh compared to the other ones where wolverine has had a predominant role so does fox let a character like that that's a money maker kind of like sony you know did they you know they couldn't sony could not wait you know another five years to reboot spider-man because spider-man makes them money so Right. Do they wait five to ten years to bring back Wolverine or do they do something else? I mean, if I'm the, the head of Fox right now, I'm thinking some way that I can reintroduce this character to, to make more money. And to me, the thing that makes the most amount of sense is some sort of incorporating him in a TV show, um, whether it's a streaming service or on, you know, FX that, you know, FX is a little bit more adult oriented. The shows that you know that are on there, uh, original content that's on there, are you know from the mature audience. So he could really put you know um, a more mature version of Wolverine on there. Now I bet you a bunch of eight year olds will record that show, even if you put it at right. eleven o'clock at night and watch it. But um, you know it, it's something that you could definitely work with. You don't have to follow the, the movie universe. You don't have to incorporate anything from that that universe. You could just make it its own, and you know, instead of trying to use all these other mutant characters from the X Men universe and trying to create TV shows off that, why not just keep it simple and go with you know a Wolverine show? Yeah,
0: you know, I think that'd be, I think that'd be a good idea. I think it'd be interesting. I think you know a lot more people be you know prone to watch that and then it also doesn't kind of screw with the movie world either you know what i mean it's kind right. of makes it a, its own separate entity there
1: yeah because i mean you look at so you look at walking dead tv show based off a of comic book and number one show you know uh on television you had preacher just come out this past uh season um did really well on amc you have the the cw with all their comic book shows um netflix with theirs Fox has Gotham um, and Lucifer, which is, you know, another comic book show. I mean, you think about it, probably, you know, a lot of the the highest rated television shows based off of comic books. I mean, the number one comedy um, on television right now, Big Bang Theory, is, I mean, all it is is comic book references, you know. So, you can make a ton of money, I think, you know, if you use a main character like wolverine in the in, in this is the perfect opportunity to do it you know this is the the right time you see hugh jackman hanging up you know he's been unbelievable to, to me hugh jackman will always be wolverine just like uh you know christopher reeves will always be considered to me um as superman and so forth um but that doesn't mean you can't do another you know another wolverine i just don't think mm. it's you know in the film universe you want to do it just yet but maybe in the television universe so that's kind of like my theory i think that you know a couple people have asked me you know what are my thoughts on you know since the new trailer came out the new and the movie's coming out soon you know where do they go next with wolverine um to me i think the smart idea is to kind of do uh, some sort of television show or some sort of streaming show yeah
0: that's a good idea
1: yeah i like your idea though with um instead of making it like a multi-season um show is that limited you know cap it at two or three seasons or
0: because it keeps the hype and then it doesn't necessarily mean that that character has to be the one that's used in the movies again right but it still keeps it still keeps the hype going you know
1: yeah i mean you look at um uh with uh was it, is it called True American Crime or True American Story with um, the O.J. Simpson trial that FX did, Mm -hmm. how well that series did. And that was a one season, just one and done. Mm -hmm. I mean, they didn't try to stretch that out or anything. And look how well that did. I mean, it won, you know, multiple uh, Golden Globes and, you know, just dominated, you know, all the uh, television awards. So I think, yeah, if you did a one season, two season show off on that, then what that does is it opens up a little bit of time gap so that – so let's say you do two seasons of a show of Wolverine. Keep it at that. It's roughly two years. Then mm-hmm. yep. at that time, you could already be in the works of casting a new Wolverine. By the time you start production on a new movie with the Wolverine added into it, you're looking at a close to a four- to five-year gap from Logan to the new movie.
0: Right, which is enough time. I mean you know that's what we've seen in between um, – you know, like the dark night rises and,
1: um, Ben Affleck is Bruce. Bat- yeah, uh, exactly. Batman, yeah. So,
0: you know, I think that's enough time.
1: Yeah. So, all right. Any other things you, uh, on your mind?
0: Uh, no, you know, I think it was, um, a, a mixed week for, um, shows on TV, the comic shows on TV. Um, yeah, definitely had I ups,
1: and, ups and downs this week.
0: I hope, um, I don't know. I hope Arrow turns around, but I also thought I read somewhere that they're like another Speedster baddie is coming soon. So uh-huh. we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um. Uh. The one thing that I, you know, I, we didn't talk much about Legends, but I think the other thing that I would add is like I do think it's interesting with um, um, Reverse Flash as a villain. I think that's an awesome.
1: Oh yeah, um, I forgot to even to mention that. Yeah, that was such but a smart I, move.
0: Yeah, but I still I you know, and it's not the actor, but I just I don't like Damian Dark's character.
1: Yeah. Like uh, it's
0: it's not the actor, I just don't enjoy the character. Right. And I yeah. just me.
1: No, I definitely agree with that.
0: But yeah, so you know, we'll see what Legends brings after um, you know, we watch it and we can chat about that next week.
1: Yep. All right, well that's uh it from um Mike and Mark, uh, at LRM TV podcast, uh, make sure you check out our other, uh, shows that we have to offer on LRM We have the Los Fanboys podcast with Mario, Kelvin and, uh, Joseph and they go over all the major film and news, uh, TV news, you know, from the week and they go into lengthy discussions and all the big theories and rumors going around and stuff. So, um, uh, make sure you check them out. Also check out, um, Comic Uno's weekly roundup that's posted every Monday. She gives her thoughts on, you know, TV shows she's been watching for the past week, comic books she's been, uh, you know, reading and kind of giving her, you know, her spin on all the news stories that have been popping up. Um, also, uh, check out on Wednesdays The Weekend Warrior with Edward Douglas He's been going non-stop crazy To all these film festivals uh, In the uh, past couple weeks I think for I think he's been on the road now For five weeks straight um, To different film festivals And reviewing all these films, interviews And you know, it's just crazy The The guy is non-stop on the go It's it's great um, So he gives some great articles that he posts And interviews that are on there So make sure you check those out um and then uh, coming up soon in probably the next week or two we're going to have another podcast join on lrmonline.com uh focused specifically on comic books um our writer Emmanuel Gomez and his buddies jace is uh runs a comic book shop they are going to start coming out with a weekly podcast on um a comic book oriented and going over all the 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 latest and greatest of comic book news so be on the lookout for that and, and Make sure you subscribe to our podcast on either SoundCloud or iTunes. We're starting to expand even bigger and better now. We're on Apple News. We're on Google News. um, And just trying to get everything in, uh, out there for you guys so it's, yeah. you know, more entertainment for you. So uh, make sure you check us out uh, every week. Um, we try to post the, the podcast on Fridays or Saturdays, but sometimes we have to post them on Sundays just depending on how the schedule goes, how we're doing. So uh, thanks for listening and let us know what your thoughts are on all the stories that we talked about this week.